When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360, the Outkick OTT Network, alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, and the great cast here with us, as always, Lance Lee. We have Jacob Swanson, the Basalt Bandit, and the chairman of the board, David Reed, making the show happen for us as we broadcast live at 6th and Peabody, where we're going to have the NCAA watch party going on all day. Clay is here. He's meeting with Outkick VIPs for the first hour that we're open and then open to the public here at 6th and Peabody starting at 11 a.m. Chad, it's going to be a great day. That's right. It's going to be an awesome day. We've already got over 100 VIPs here in the house uh, for a special VIP gathering, but it's open to the public starting at 11 a.m. You've got tip-off coming at 11.15 for the first game, and that's 12.15 Eastern. Come on down. Hang out with us. We'll be here watching games all day. This is a terrific venue. We're in just one small compartment of Old Smoky Yeehaw. You see this behind us here. It's awesome. There's a big outdoor area, another huge uh, indoor facility with an enormous television. You can watch all the games. Come hang out with us. Food and drink specials. We're going to be here partying, have a good, having a good time. Come hang out with us today for this watch What's party. What's the first drink? I'm already kind of contemplating. I think it needs to come away. from the wall behind us at yeah. some point. We'll, we'll decide. We'll get the go-ahead from, old, from Walter at Old Smokey to pick which jar we're going to consume first. I've got to pace, got to pace. It's gonna be a great day here at Yeehaw Brewing Company, Old Smoky, Tennessee Moonshine, and of course, 6th and Peabody. Uh, we gave our perfect parlays in the first hour. If you missed that, you can go back and watch and you can bet along with us. Winner, FanDuel.com. winner, winner. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can place your bets today as we get to the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Tennessee, the Volunteers taking on Oregon State, tip off at 3.30 later this afternoon. It's actually the final game, I believe, Chad, of the morning slate or the first slate of the first round before we get to the afternoon slate uh, with Oklahoma State and Liberty. Uh, but the Vols in that 5-12 matchup, we know how this goes traditionally. Normally it's a 50-50 split on the 12 seeds that upset the five. I, I can't help but look into Oregon State and think they got hot during their tournament. Tennessee also started to heat up at the right time. Tennessee top to bottom is the better overall basketball team. There's no doubt that Tennessee's better than Oregon State. Uh, Talent-wise, their record, uh, everything about them, when you look head-to-head -head with the resumes, it's a, a totally different, right? I mean, Tennessee is the better basketball team, there's no doubt about it. Tennessee got going at the absolute right time um, with the last three games of the season. Obviously, Oregon State did too. Interesting enough, the last time Tennessee was a five seed, they scored 121 points in that game against Long Beach State. I was there in Columbus, Ohio, covering uh, that tournament. They made a run to the Sweet 16. So Tennessee has done well from this four five seed spot uh, historically. Um, I think Tennessee gets it done today. The one variable, well, there's two. 
Three-point shooting, Oregon State has gotten hot from three. Ethan Thompson, great shooter, really good player for Oregon State, one to watch. And Tennessee's got a win with small ball. John Fulkerson's not going to play today. I would be shocked. Uh, he's been in concussion protocol. The surgery he had on his eye is not the issue. I think he could play with a mask even after that orbital bone uh, surgery. Uh, Eves Ponds had the same surgery a year ago and played the next day. So that's not the problem. The problem was he suffered a concussion with that elbow from Omar Payne, and he's not out of protocol yet. So that's a big thing to watch for Tennessee. Can they rebound well enough and defend well enough? I think the way Oregon State plays, it lends itself to not being exposed in the post without John Fulkerson. But they've also got a seven-footer in Roman Silva that they can go down to. So that's going to be one thing to watch. But, no, I, I like Tennessee's chances in this game if they show up and play well and can get things going on offense. And we know it's going to be Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer that's yep. going to have to get things going offensively. How much of a spiritual loss, so to speak, of Fulkerson, who was down, uh, you know, hurting them, then reemerged, was part of this reemergence you're talking about, huh, yeah. that got them going again. Then you see him go down. Then they fell apart against Alabama without him down the surge. And all the emotion that he had with the last game at Thompson Bowling, all of that, I don't get the sense that they're always the most emotionally together team. And I wonder if there's a tipping point without him. That has me concerned. Yeah, there's, it's not the team of two years ago, the, the team that was so together. Talk yeah. about an emotionally together team. Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, uh, Jordan Bone. That team was together. You, know, you knew they were going for a, a push, and they lost that great game and close game in overtime to Purdue in the Sweet 16. Purdue, by the way, then went on to lose, I think, in overtime to Virginia, who won it all uh, two years ago. This team is not that way. Fulkerson's not a big uh, vocal leader for Tennessee, but I think you're presence. right, Paul. There is a presence. Everyone likes him. Uh, he works his tail off. The players respect him for that reason. So I do think that there's – uh, an emotional drop-off with him not there. But I also believe that they're better offensively when he's not in the game. And what I mean by that is they go more into a – Tennessee's got to go quick. They're, they don't have a good half-court offense. They're not the a pace. good half-court offensive Faster team. And when Fulkerson is out, it is Keon Johnson getting a rebound, and he is looking to score. Yep. You know, he is driving. Same with Jaden Springer. I think when they get going that way, they're dishing out to Viscovi, who can get some open looks. I think they're a better offensive team. I think they're a worse defensive team, though. So – that's the one thing. Can they cover the perimeter is going to be a big key because Oregon State has been hot shooting. Can they hit some of their open shots is obviously going to be a factor for any team in this tournament. Oregon State shoots over 75% from the free throw line. You need to stay out of that situation if you're Tennessee, stay out of foul problems. But again, we can sit and dissect all we want. It comes down to Tennessee. They're the better basketball team. If they show up and play well, if they show up and play C-plus level basketball for them, I think they win a close game. So I hate if they play B-level basketball, even if Oregon State's at an A, I think Tennessee covers the spread in this game. Anything below a C-plus, they're in trouble, and they're probably going to go home early. But that's what I hate about them. There's the if they show up question. Yeah. And there shouldn't be, for a team with that talent, Shouldn't be a if they show up question. I, I get that there's a if they show up question for virtually it's everybody. Not a, given 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 the circumstances, given the COVID, given everybody in Indianapolis, given the the weird thing where you've been in a hotel room, we're hearing stuff about the you're not really getting good food and you're living on snacks and you can't go for a walk. I think there's a little bit of that factor for everybody. 
but I think you'd agree Tennessee has it uh, in a larger degree because it's been an unpredictable team. Well, I, I, I can count maybe one or two times this year where I would say Tennessee, from an effort standpoint, didn't fully bring it. And in maybe not, not just physical effort, effort but, but mental. performance. Right, yeah, but it's, it's – uh, it's less of that and more of just play inconsistency. Well, play your play like you can play. Well, here's the frustrating thing with Tennessee this year, I think. They have been the best defensive team in the SEC. The stats hold out. Every Ken Palm efficiency rating, they're the best defense in the SEC. But they have games where they slack off on defense. If they bring defensive intensity – to this game, start to finish, that's going to give them some offense That's also. why I love Pons. They can lock down. Pons oh, he's an X just, factor. Yeah, and if he starts blocking shots, it changes the other side's mentality. I, I just love a guy like that, even if he's limited on the other side. That get, that's got to get in your head if you're Oregon State or somebody else, especially if you haven't played against that recently, right? And all of a sudden the arm's coming over your head from behind and swatting something away yep. when you thought you had a clear route to the basket. I mean, that... That, that's a huge X factor to me. I, I, I just love him so much defensively. He's fun. It, the Tennessee fans, you know, if this is the last game fun you see defense. Eves Ponds, then take it in because defensively he is fun to watch with some of the things he can do physically because this will be the last time you see him in a Tennessee uniform. You know, fans are going to be thrilled if this team makes a Sweet 16 run. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, but where do we set expectations for this Tennessee team? Preseason. We know that we were thinking that this is a team that has the Elite Eight Final Four type run because they got off to a great start. Then they went through that lull where you weren't even sure if they were going to make it out of the first round at times when you started to match them up with some of the better teams and middle of the pack teams conference to conference. And then they went on that run as Fulkerson started to play better down the stretch. Uh, the team gelled and, and played more defensively as, as Chad's alluding to. And now you have this sense that, okay, maybe they're back in rhythm to a point where we can't expect them to get past Oregon State. We can't expect them to play well against Oklahoma State or Liberty, for that matter, in the second round and make a Sweet 16 run. But we're not going to be surprised with either result, really. Yeah. Well, so all year it was one on, one off. I mean, when they got into the thick of the SEC schedule, you could, you could set your clock to it. Tennessee would look great in one game. They'd beat Kansas by 25, and they'd go out and lay an egg in the next game against Ole Miss, I think it was. They'd play great on the, on the Saturday and then play awful during the week. They'd play great during the week and then awful on Saturday. I mean, they were a 500 basketball team once you got to the middle yep. of the conference season. But, Hutton, to your point, they've played three straight good games. They played well against Florida in a home win. They played well against Florida again in the SEC tournament, winning easily, a, a team that's a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. And they should have beat a number two seed in the tournament in Alabama in the SEC. I mean, they were right mm -hmm. there and played well in that game. I'm, I'm not saying they played, you know, they played well. So now the odds are, can they play a fourth straight good game? Are they on to something? Or are you betting, we're going back to odds and FanDuel and everything going on, are you betting on the inconsistent Tennessee team to show up and think, boy, they played three straight good games. Now we're expecting a dud in the NCAA tournament. I, I tend to believe they figured some things out in how they need to play. And I think also Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer decided to take over. Now, it's a different stage. You ask any player who's played in the NCAA tournament, it's different. You think that, oh, it's just another basketball game. It feels different when you take that stage and you're playing in the tournament. Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, the two most important players for Tennessee, have never played. And they're freshmen, right? So that's, that's another X factor. How do they, do they step up? 
in the spotlight? Are they a big storyline, or do they play like freshmen the in the NCAA tournament? That's I think Oklahoma State, too, is going to be very, very tough if they get to that game. I so think it, I, I, to me, I think if they win one and, and play well against Oklahoma State and lose, to me, that would be – I think Tennessee fans would be okay with that. I, I think the one thing that will be – very, very disappointing One for every down. Tennessee fan is losing as a five seed right. in the first round to an Oregon State team that, yes, they're hot at the right time and they went on a run in the Pac-12 tournament. They're not that not good. They're, not, they're yeah. not Tennessee. So that would be very disappointing. I'm not saying it can't happen. It certainly could if Tennessee doesn't play well, but that would be very disappointing Tennessee fans. I think win a game and, like you said, Paul, show up, play well against Oklahoma. I think they have a good shot against Oklahoma State if they get to that point, but play well against them. I think Tennessee fans will be okay with that outcome, making it out of the first round. We have two SEC matchups right out of the gate to kick off or tip off the tournament today. Florida as a seven, taking on Virginia Tech, the 10 seed. The Hokies play solid defense. Florida, meanwhile, they're actually the underdog in this game. That switched late last night, I believe. Yep. They're, they're getting a point. Florida can really heat up from three. They can shoot well overall. We, we know that Trey Mann is the leader, is the engine of what Florida does. 11-15 uh, South Region, winner gets Ohio State or Oral Roberts in that 2-15 matchup. But in the 7-10, uh, with the Hokies and the way they play defense, maybe we see the first upset of the tournament from the jump. You well, like Florida, though. Vegas, and, and according to Vegas, it wouldn't even be an upset, right? The 10 seed well, is favored yeah. in this game. I brought it up uh, yesterday, but the 11 seed is actually beating the 6 seed more than the six seeds beating the 11 seed in the last four years. That kind of shows you how the tournament is yeah. balanced out. For a while, it was, oh, pick one, five, 12, right? Now, now you could pick two 12s or 12, five, and would third, not be yeah. surprised. Um, so 7-10 is definitely a, a, a toss-up game. I like Florida in this game. I, I, like, I like Mike White's system, defensive first, the way they shoot the three. I love Trey Mann as a player. He can do absolutely everything. I, I like them in tournament settings. I think Florida is one of those teams that when they get to the tournament uh, can make noise every time they get to that, to that level. I think they're going to make some noise in this tournament. I think it starts with Virginia Tech. Arkansas in the 3-14 matchup. That's tip-off number two of the morning. They're taking on Colgate. Colgate going for their first ever NCAA tournament win. And they are the bell of the ball. Whenever the brackets were announced, Clark Kellogg and everyone on CBS immediately, oh, this is going to be a run-and-gun, fast-paced matchup, Arkansas-Colgate, get ready to take the over, get ready for 91-90, that so. type of final score. Look, Arkansas, all six of their losses have come to teams that are in this NCAA tournament. Colgate has played five teams all season long. Not their fault. It's due to the, the COVID restrictions and everything that they faced. But, yes, they put up points. They average 86 points per game. They rebound the ball really well, 30 rebounds. They're going to push the pace. But Arkansas is a team that can keep up with that, and they can run away with it if Colgate doesn't make early shots. And you know Arkansas. The Razorbacks are winning this game. You know Arkansas is significantly more athletic than Colgate. I mean, this is big big basketball school versus upstart hopeful. It's, it's the, you know, if they pull an upset, Colgate, they're going to have to play phenomenally well. Their shooting percentage is going to have to be phenomenally high. Arkansas is going to have to shoot poorly, not just because they're well defended, but because they have a bad shooting day, right? That's the formula for a Colgate to win a game like this. It's also this. interesting. I, I, I found it interesting that there's one senior in their starting lineup. 
Colgate? Uh, yeah, normally a team like this has won 13 season, straight. Yeah, you right. think it's Four senior seasons. heavy, yeah. and this is they've been building to this moment. Um, they're going to return four of their five starters next year. Yeah. no, it's Sad tournament for me because teams like this also are, you're usually talking about an Ivy League team like that. Yeah. No Ivy playing. League rep with no Ivy League season. No, I, I, uh, I like Arkansas in this game. I, I mentioned earlier as part of my parlay, like, take the under. Mm -hmm. I feel like when everyone starts talking about this is going to be a shootout, it's not going to live up to that. I think 160 points is a lot between these two teams in this game. I think that the shooting's not going to be where it needs to be. But you're right, Paul. If Colgate's going to pull the upset, the shooting better damn well be where it needs to be for them. And it's going to be a lot of probably contested deep threes in the game that they can hit when they're on, but that's going to be their game plan. But this is a game we talk about not, lighting, not liking a team advancing into the uh, uh, Sweet 16 that then gets pounded. But today, unless you're from the state of Arkansas, you're a Colgate fan watching the tournament, right? Right, of course. All of these games, you want the little guy to win because it's, it's the fantastic story. It's the thing that goes with Chad's favorite music at the, at the highlight reel after the, after the final on a Monday night in three weeks. Everyone is a fan of the Patriot League today as they uh, tip off against the SEC in Arkansas. And the last time we saw Colgate in the tournament, I believe, Chad, was against Tennessee. Correct. Right? Yeah, uh -huh. and a great game. And Tennessee ended up winning by, you know, close to 10. But it was nip and tuck the whole way. And I'm blanking on the player's name, but they had a guard uh, who was terrific in that game from San Antonio, Texas. I remember where he was from. But that was, uh, that, that was what people want to see with Colgate, chucking a lot of threes, getting hot, putting a scare into someone, if they're hot today, they're going to put a scare into Arkansas. Hey, real quick, uh, on the Ivy League thing. Chad and I were reading an article yesterday yeah. about Harvard. I can't remember what year. 1984. 1984 Harvard has the record for free throw shooting percentage. They actually all signed a ball that went to the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. They changed venue, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. They moved into a better building. They, they assure them that the ball is in the building. But they also can't find the ball. <laughs> and so two, two teams have a, in this tournament have a chance to break that record. Colorado and Oral Roberts are, are, are right there are to right break the record there. for the best free throw shooting team of all time. Wow. 82.5% as a team. Danny Ferry's brother is one of the guys. He was actually the worst shooting guy amongst, his name? amongst the record. Bob Ferry. Bob Ferry. <laughs> Which I love. But I thought the best thing was he was talking about Pete Carrill, the famous Princeton coach. And... Uh, end of game scenario where they needed to foul and they inbounded the ball and Kirill said, don't foul that guy. And he passed it to the next guy and Kirill said, don't foul that guy either. <laughs> so they couldn't find somebody that wanted on the charity strike. Well, Bob Ferry said, I was a 75% free throw shooter and I think that Kirill was waiting for the ball to get to me. I was the worst <laughs> free throw shooter on the court and I was 75% and he was the worst free throw shooter on the team that year at 75%. It's a great story. One of the themes of which is that free throw shooting is finally up. Yeah. Nationwide. The and last we three years, it's trending back up. About how bad free throw shooting is and how ridiculous that is. Uh, by the way, Arkansas and Colgate, the winner will get Texas Tech or Utah State in that 6-11 matchup. Let, let's roll through the, the other games for the SEC coming up tomorrow. LSU and St. Bonaventure. Hard for me to pick against LSU with Watford and Smart and, and Thomas. The way they just and played here. The, the 80, what, 82, the 83 points per game that the Tigers average. But this is an 8-9 matchup. Like, it's, it's hard to overlook that. But when I saw LSU play in the SEC tournament, I didn't see an 8 seed. I saw them more like a 5 seed. That's what they appeared to be in Nashville. 
Chad, how far do you have LSU going? I had a hard time picking against LSU in round two against number one seed Michigan. Uh, I really am tempted to go with LSU to the Sweet 16 and maybe beyond. Michigan did not finish well. You can't find, you mentioned them, Hutton, you can't find a better four-pack. If you took every team in the tournament and said, go down the list, your top four players, you're not going to find better than Cam Thomas, Watford, uh, Mays. Days. A day, sorry. The group that, that LSU can put out on the court is better or as good as anyone in this tournament. Why didn't so, they play better during the, the season to be higher than they They had are? a bad start in the non-conference, I think was a big part of it. You know, they, they were good in the SEC throughout the year, but they got off to a rough start. I mean, that, you know, you could point to any number of reasons. Did they practice a lot with everything going on? I don't know. But they got hot at the right time. They gave Alabama everything they wanted in a great SEC championship. I've got Michigan. I've got LSU winning. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think they went pretty easily. I've got Michigan advancing past them in round two, but I went back and forth on that and almost picked LSU to win. LSU deep off the bench as well. St. Bonaventure not. They don't go very deep off their bench. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock out of the east, 3 o'clock central, uh, it's Alabama, Iona, Patino against Oates. I know you're tempted. Uh, I, I am, but th this, is, this is Alabama. Uh, the winner is, uh, gets UConn and Maryland. 16.5 is the spread at FanDuel.com right now. John Petty, can he hit another hot streak? Because he's been spotty throughout the season. If he heats up, he can be the storyline of the tournament. This is That's how the, good the player this is. This is one of the only times we're going to say Petty on this show. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing is that Oates is also a very good coach. He's great. Right. So he's an up-and-coming coach. He's not. Oh, he's up. there. <laughs> so Patino could out-coach a lot of people in the tournament. I don't think this is one of those people. Yeah, it's... Boy, Rick Pitino, just a quick aside, unbelievable. I mean, the guy is an incredible – say what you want about personal life, scandal at Louisville, everything else. I don't care. I'm hiring that guy to coach my program because he wins. Should Indiana hire him? He is the perfect mix, though, of recruiting X's and O's. I mean, Glad he, handling. he may be the best coach of our generation when you see the different places he's won. And everywhere he goes, he does it at a high level. Uh, just an incredible job Should with him and I own it. I think there'll be some better options. I don't think so because of the mess with Kelvin Sampson. I don't know that I bring someone else in with NCAA past. I mean, there. I hire so Nate Oates if I'm Indiana. If but you can, if there's a chance you could hire Nate Oates, that's who I hire. Yeah. I don't think he's leaving Alabama, but I go after Nate Oates. I, I but think I mean, Bama they've hired some pretty good coaches and they've immediately failed. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana two in a row, right? The Archie Miller is surprising that he failed there. I, I've got Bama in the Elite Eight, though, Hutton. I think they're a team that um, – Yeah. I have them in my Final Four. It's tough to pick against Bama in anything right now. I feel like you, if you put just a coin in the air and said, you know, who's going to win this coin flip? It's going to be Bama because they win at everything. And that's going to be the case in basketball. It's been the case all year. It will be in this tournament. Uh, Missouri and Oklahoma, 8-9 matchup there. Uh, Oklahoma has a player uh, – I believe it's Harmon. I may be wrong. Harmon, who uh, – tested positive for COVID this week, so they're down a starter. The thing about Conzo Martin in Missouri, as we well know, their defensive style and his style of play and how he bogs down the pace of play, that typically works early on in a tournament game like this, especially yeah. in an 8-9 matchup. Uh, Missouri's getting a point as the nine seed. I, I, I think, but I, I like Oklahoma, 
I think, though, because of the, the COVID issues and the way and, and the style that Missouri plays with Conzo Martin, this is a tight matchup, and I think it's a great basketball game. Oklahoma won some very tough games. They went on a very good stretch and beat like three superior teams back to back to back. If they play like that, they're, they're winning by double digits. I just don't know if, you know, you get back to that. I think Loyola, Chicago, Georgia Tech is the only bad 8-9 matchup, and that's because Moses Wright is out. Yeah, I think, I think Loyola, Loyola wins easily. Easy but the other games, I mean, think of these programs, North Carolina and Wisconsin, yeah. Missouri and Oklahoma. I mean, uh, LSU, St. Bonaventure we just talked about in an 8-9. What great 8-9 matchups. I, I don't trust Conzo Martin teams. Uh, I don't trust them in the regular season. I don't trust them in the tournament. It's I think bitter. Missouri has a makeup to be an Elite Eight team. I think when you look at Jeremiah Tillman and Xavier Penson, they have a dynamic guard and a dynamic big man, and they've got veteran leaders around them. This is a team that could make a run. It reminds me of the Conzo Martin Sweet 16 team at Tennessee that lost a close one to Michigan in Indianapolis. I was there as well in Indy uh, in, the, in the Sweet 16. So I do think this team could do that. I think they have the makeup uh, with veteran leadership to make a run. I just don't trust them enough. If you're going Lon Kruger versus Conzo Martin from a coaching standpoint, I'm taking Lon Kruger in the first round. So I picked Oklahoma for that reason. But I like Missouri. I like the makeup of their team. It's a good matchup to watch. That's tomorrow evening uh, as we wrap up round number one. Coming up, we continue with the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll switch gears. We'll give you the very latest with the Tennessee Titans. They've made some acquisitions over the last 24 hours. Some good, some not so good. Uh, we'll explain that and give our take on the newest members of the Titans defense next. Well, 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 Duke Turbo does it again with the bobbleheads. The guy hooks. The PK and Chutton bobbleheads from the great Duke Turbo season ticket holder for OutKick360. He's been with us uh, from day one over the last decade. Props, Duke. Appreciate you, man. He's one of the OutKick VIPs here today for the OutKick VIP watch party. Uh, we are here at Old Smoky, at Yeehaw, at 6th and Peabody. It's all one massive venue. TV's galore. Uh, place opens up to the public at 11 a.m. You can swing by, grab some great food and drink and check out all the games that tip off starting at 11.15. Florida Gators get things going uh, right off the tip with uh, Virginia Tech and then Arkansas Colgate 30 minutes after. Looking forward to all the games there. Duke is awesome. Uh, this bobblehead is uh, incredible. I will say the last bobblehead, uh, my, someone that Pick saw it said person. that what they did to my hairline was a war crime. And this <laughs> one is way more accurate, but also Hutton, it will only add to Chutton confusion when people see the bobblehead. Because I'm just looking at it from the back profile here, and yeah. we look like the same person. Which is great, because I've always wanted to look like Hutton. So that's, so that's good news for me. But I, it's, for it's really going to add to the confusion from people also. I think, I think the... Uh, but I love it. I'm pleased. I, I think I'm very pleased. Chad, are you in purple or white? I'm in purple, right? <laughs> Yeah, you have darker I think, hair. I think the point is we're not supposed to really know. Yeah. <laughs> based, based also, on who this. has darker hair in real life? Chad, right? No. I think Hutton's got darker hair. We're so even confused ourselves. Yeah. Which one From is behind, it? it's impossible to tell. Am I Jonathan? I know who this guy Jonathan? is. I know that one. Yeah, the, the bald guy, Dr. Evil, you can Handsome tell right man. away. 
Very handsome man. Women love bald guys. Paul, the latest on Bud Dupree's cap hit, please. Don't know it. Uh, oh, that came out yesterday. It's about a $5 million cap oh, hit. did it? Yeah. I didn't see it come up, so sorry. So, the, it, which is very reasonable, uh, considering all the reports. A, a lot of cap hits that we don't know that aren't going to be big, but Ty Sambrilo re-signed, J.M. Brown re-signed. That should be 5-5-5. Five, five, five. Um, Kevin Johnson, a new signee. There are, are two others off the top of my head. So a lot of cap math still to be completed. Um, they still should have some room. But I'm not thinking, Hutt, that they're in the market for a cornerback anymore, veteran cornerback. I'd love to see him go get Fuller, released by Chicago, who would be terrific. But I think right now we're going to see Janoris Jenkins, Christian Fulton, and Kevin Johnson as the slot. And you and I Kevin agree. Johnson is terrible. Yeah, not a good player. Terrible. Here's, here's what the Titans like to do. They, they do it too much. Kevin Johnson worked in Houston under Mike Vrabel and under Anthony Midget. And they say, here's a guy who had some qualities that we like, who bought into our system, who we know well and we can trust and rely on and everything. And they overweigh that bucket and they underweigh the can he play bucket. See, the, he's so bad to me, he's nothing but depth. That, that's the player that Kevin Johnson, uh, the, how I would describe him. Like the idea that he's some starter in Mike Brabel's defense is laughable to me. Well, I guess, they got considerably worse if that's the case. Well, I have strong indication that they're expecting him to start in the slot and replace uh, Terry Robisky and, and, and Mike Malarkey would scheme game plans going at Kevin Johnson in Houston. And succeed. With Rashard Matthews, there's no way. Speedster. There's no way he can start. It's, well, it's going to be a draft the other pick thing. for someone somewhere else. Here's the other thing: he's had multiple concussions, knee sprain, foot fracture, wrist fracture, broken foot. So I mean, you have to be on the field to even have a chance of doing anything. And he's played 67 percent of the games in his career. So I'm really down on a team that signs like Will Fuller got signed and some fans were complaining. I said, why do you want Will Fuller? Will Fuller never plays. I'd say the same thing. Even if they think they've got some magic touch on Kevin Johnson and can fix him, uh, first you've got to uh, rubber band him together to have that chance. And so where's your, where's your guarantee? The, the best indicator of your health going forward is your history of health. Are you a durable player or are you not a durable player? Well, he's not been a durable player. So it starts there. Like, if you're a reclamation project who's going to have a chance to get better, you've at least got to start where I can count on you to, right. to be active on game days. And this guy's only been active on game days two-thirds of the time. Uh, it, again, like I, I, I view that signing as an option for depth. That cannot be a solution for their secondary. Well, unfortunately, at this stage, That's, he's going to be a problem if he's, he's a solution yeah. right now. Oh, I I agree. He I does. see him as an option to get cut. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's a he's a guy you bring in that if it doesn't work out, you just cut him before the season. I will say he's not a starter. I will say um, it, what Greg Cosell said the other day with us about Jenkins and um, uh, Fulton mm -hmm. fitting a more man kind of coverage thing. And the league's all man in, in a way now, right? There aren't many teams playing cover two and a straight zone very much. But um, Johnson, and again, I agree, I, I don't like him, but he's viewed as a man 
guy, a man guy that gets beat a lot, yes. but a man guy. So it's, a, it's another clear indication to me that they're looking to play a lot of straight up man. Now, I, I, I agree they need somebody better than him to play and that they, straight up man. They'll have to address that. I mean, that, that, that will be a point of emphasis in the NFL draft. Um, Paul Desmond King signs a one-year contract in Houston. So he departs after the trade acquisition, middle of last year, where he came in and while it was nothing great, he was serviceable and good. He was just a solid piece and a guy that came in and helped stop the bleeding. Yes, he did. Doesn't blitz great off the edge, which they like, mm -hmm. and uh, probably better zone-ish than, than man-ish, and not super fast. I, I don't know about Johnson's speed either. Did, did what they needed to do. They needed things to settle down. They were pouring blood, like you're saying, and uh, he helped that at a time where they were absolutely desperate at corner, so time well served. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they re-signed him, but if they are in fact looking to be more strictly man, he's not an ideal fit here anymore. But I think Titans fans can, can say thanks for, sure. for what he did because they were falling apart when yeah. he came in and he was well worth the sixth round pick. What do you think of the, the pressers yesterday? Who all did you get a chance to, to actually meet and chat with on Zoom? We talked to Danico Autry, who's a man of uh, few words, but said, uh, the Colts knew what they had. He was asked, the Colts have a lot of cap money, you know, and they didn't re-sign you. What's that say? And he said, they knew what they had and what they did. And, yeah, those games will be special. So he's not pleased with the Colts. You like that kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't, I'm not big on the extra motivation thing, but those two games will certainly mean a lot to him. Man of few words. Kendall Lamb, from a media perspective, the entire press corps is rooting for Kendall Lamb to play well enough to be the starting right tackle. Just effervescent, uh, bubbly, fun, thrilled to be here, uh, funny. You know, we're looking for talkers. This Sounds guy, a lot like Isaiah Wilson when he was uh, brought yeah, up. Right. Great <laughs> smile, <laughs> uproarious <laughs> laughter every time, yeah. and just so, a real jolly so fellow. So jolly. God, I mean, he'll go on. We're you not know, talking about He'll him. go on with local stations, and people are just gushing over Isaiah Wilson <laughs> for months. Boy, this guy just really takes over a room with that jolly laugh and really brings you in right away. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Acknowledge that I know he, what you're saying. I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. Acknowledge that he's a, a better run blocker, uh, takes pride in, in trying to work on the pass rush. Talked about going against Clowney and Watt and Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett in practice um, and said, you know, as a big guy, uh, wants to be judged as an athlete who can go against some of the best athletes on the football field and staying toe-to-toe -to -toe with those guys. So as a sense of pride on those things. They re-signed Sam Brilo, so, you know, maybe that's a right tackle competition. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Sam Brilo did good work in his five starts last year, so I, I would say he deserves to be into a competition. But the fact of the matter is, guys, with the Titans, we've not seen hardly under Mike Vrabel anything that qualifies as a training camp competition. Pretty much. You're right. The lineup set going into training camp, and people are maybe fighting for spots on the roster or depth stuff, but we've not seen an outright starting competition. So if that's one, it'll be, you know, really the, f the first. Yeah. Um, and we also talked to uh, Cox, the new long snapper, 
who, by the way, got a veteran minimum deal. You know, it's 1.075 million. It only counts 900 something against the cap because of that cap wrinkle. Um, so it's not like he had offers pouring in. Uh, University of Tennessee guy from Memphis who said it was a no-brainer for him. Well, I suspect it was also a no-brainer for him because he got uh, yeah. jumped on a minimum deal. So it's not like people were lining up. It's a very good long snapper. But let's pick up on that for a sec. So Pat McAfee put out a thing and talked about the precision of the snap and how much of a bearing it has on the kicker. McAfee, I presume, was a holder when he was a punter also for the Colts. Very good punter. And he talked, without naming Bo Brinkley, as if Bo Brinkley must have been part of the Titans' kicking problem two years ago when it was a disaster. And for Goskowski, at the beginning of the year when he was poor, before they cut Bo Brinkley and replaced him with Overton, who's now being replaced by Cox, which is fine. I understand these guys are very kind of neurotic and everything needs to be perfect and everything. But football is a game where you have to make things go right even when they go wrong. And so I will take for the Tennessee Titans or for any team a kicker who might be able to hit a kick if the ball is a quarter inch off, left, right, up, back, if the timing is a millisecond off or whatever. Laces out, Dan. Yeah, look, these things shouldn't happen, but there's a lot going on in a football game on a kick rush and all of that. And sometimes it's not going to go perfectly. And you know what's allowed to happen, fellas? You're allowed to hit the field goal anyway. And I bet you the best kickers in the league, I bet you Adam Vinatieri during all those great years, when there was snow on the ground and he hit that first giant field goal that got the Patriots... Uh, dynasty started. Was that a perfect scenario? Or did he make not a field goal? Not with the snow, goal? but I doubt it was a low snap. No. And I'm not saying I applaud low snaps. I'm saying occasionally if something misfires, you're allowed to make do with it. You are in service of the kicker, though. No, absolutely. I will say that. If you're going to have someone in that position, you need to be able to do what the kicker wants. I agree. But Cairo Santo... And, uh, well, those kickers suck. That's why, <laughs> I mean, that's why they got Well, cut. McAfee's making it sound, in a way, like Bo Brinkley was responsible for all of that. And I think no. Cairo Santo was responsible for Cairo Santo. And Ryan Suckup was responsible for Ryan Suckup. And Goskowski, at the beginning of the year, was responsible for Goskowski. Maybe Brinkley was a factor on one or two for those guys. But they didn't suck because of Bo Brinkley. Do you think? No, but I do think that if you are in that position, if you're the holder or the snapper, like I said, you are in service of the kicker. Oh, absolutely. So it's all about what the kicker wants. If you screw it up, you're going to be the first to know that it wasn't the kicker's fault, and that's an issue. Now, we're talking, though, about bad kickers that perform poorly, not because of their right. snapper. Well, look, they got a good not, long snapper, we, but well, go get a good kicker, too. We're, we're also discussing good players who went through a bumpy patch and never got back on rhythm. Yeah. Oh. Bo Brinkley and Ryan Suckup specifically. Yeah. So and and when they went downhill, the whole unit went downhill, special teams wise. So uh, they're trying to revamp that, and, and the repetition and the practice that those guys go through, and how quirky kickers are to begin with. One, you know, half inch off on the repetition is weird. 
to them. It I looks agree. different to them, and then it makes them have a different form at times because things don't feel right. But in 2019, when the Titans were an absolute disaster area at kicker, if Bo Brinkley was a big part of the problem, then they should have damn well replaced Bo Brinkley then. Were they a year late on Bo Brinkley? Why? Well, Bo Brinkley wasn't the same when he came back, when he came back from COVID. Agreed. But the year that they were really bad at kicker, if he was part of the problem, they should have replaced him. That. Well, maybe they tried. Didn't they bring in a, a, some competition during the season? I don't remember in, in 2019. Now, last year, they had two long snappers on the roster last year. for last a couple year. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But last year was bad. It wasn't a disaster. The year before was a disaster. Uh, coming up, we will get back into some hoops discussion. Chad's got a take on... Lady Vols basketball Ooh. that will tip Just off a on Sunday. I don't know if it's a, a I, I wouldn't go into take mode. It was okay. it's more of a, a statement, brief statement about. Brief sta- is it written? Guys, statement? I have a brief statement I'd like to read uh, when we come back about some things I said earlier about Isaiah Wilson's laughter. Uh, I'll read that. By the way, you know where else you can hear Isaiah Wilson laugh? When he's smoking weed and not playing football, which okay. he did this entire past I year. I think you're you're making uh, comparisons that don't fit. That Kendall Lamb was good with the media makes me want Kendall Lamb to be a good player. It's not the same as You don't the think the media made too big of a deal about his great laugh and that no, John Robinson did also? John Robinson no, made a Titans, big deal that out was of what his the great said. laugh. Well, I, I am allowed to mock them for laugh. eternity for that. Oh, absolutely, but it's not the same they will thing be. I'm talking about right. with Kendall Lamb. They will be. Coming up, more of Outkick 360 as we get you set for tip-off of the NCAA tournament. Outkick 360, the Outkick OTT Network, Friday edition, week one, the debut week nearly in the books as we broadcast live today from 6th and Peabody, Yeehaw Brewing Company, Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine. Bartender has, uh, has been busy already this morning as the VIP event. Well underway. We're getting set for tip-off of the NCAA tournament in round one. Coming up in about 30 minutes. Very quickly, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm monitoring. Give us a thumbs up. Um, rate us, review us, subscribe to us on Apple. All of these things help us. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher, uh, Google. What's it called? Google Play. I Google think. Play. Anywhere that you Audible. Listen. Did you mention Audible? Audible. Um, I love how we're learning new every, apps every, every time day. we list them, Spotify. we leave one out. Spotify, all the places <laughs> that you can listen to podcasts, you will find Outkick 360. Uh, you Bumble, can watch us on Grindr, Twitter, uh, Tinder, <laughs> wherever you can find us. TikTok. You, uh, just rate us you everywhere, You can watch please. us through, through Twitter, um, through YouTube. So, uh, yeah, Someone Chad took a that. wild turn there. Yep. Um, and in 15 minutes, who knows what we start to get into while we watch these games. But um, And if you watch our, the promo numbers, with Paul explaining how you and Hutton met, yeah. maybe it'll all make sense. So our we'll numbers have been terrific this first week. We're very grateful. Yes. Uh, give us those, those ratings and those helps. That'll give us a boost. Tell your friends. And uh, catch up on shows this weekend on your drive home this afternoon. And uh, let's, let's keep it going. Chad, what do we have here? Well, as you can see, we have some friends that joined us uh, for the final segment. Hello, ladies. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is what I've always wanted to do, guys, is have a show on you know, Food Network where I'm describing cocktails or I food in front of me. This is a, if we can get a close-up <laughs> there, this is a blackberry mule uh, made here uh, Don't be with fooled by old the color. smoky blackberry mu- moonshine. This is a new concoction. It's black cherry. We're calling it does it not have a name. We're going to call it the 360. 
but these are uh, out here for us, the, the staff here at Old Smoky, Yeehaw, 6th and Peabody. They got a lot of names here. It's a lot of fun also. Uh, they're doing a great job taking care of us. Walter made sure this happened. Big thanks to him. Um, first, a tutorial, though, on how a man should drink. Teach us. Um, like, granted, this isn't the most manly drink in front of us, but it's going <laughs> to taste delicious. But the first thing you do is when you see a straw, if you're a man, you take the straw out and you throw it like that. Uh, Hutton, if you would, too, please. I will. Um, we're glad. That's the first glad thing to. you do before you take a drink. Uh, as, May I squeeze the lime? As, a, as my cousin once told me, uh, imagine making eyes with a woman across the bar for all the single guys out there. And then the first thing you do is put your lips to the straw and take a sip <laughs> as you're drinking across the bar. So you don't want that. Um, May I squeeze let's the go, lime? Let's go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go with the uh, Blackberry Moonshine Concoction, the Blackberry Mule. We'll give this a taste test. Cheers, boys. Cheers, gentlemen. First week. In the books, almost. Refreshing. It's crisp. Very oh, crisp. Good. Oh, oh. It's great. Very, very refreshing. You can have these when you come out and visit with us today. Sixth and Peabody will be here all day. Tennessee tips at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 mm -hmm. Central uh, for those interested in that game. Already a great crowd on hand. It's going to be um, one of the biggest parties in Sixth and Peabody history I'm anticipating today. And it's going to be all because of you. Lance, would you like some? Uh, I know David does not. Jakob, would you like a? Uh, Jakob. Would you like some as well? We can pass Let's some to you. Let's bring those around. Look, we also have Yeehaw beer options as well. I'm getting handed Let's these, so around. please, our, our crew will now partake and uh, grab some of these as Here. well. Thank you, guys. Yeah, the, huge thanks. This is going to be a great day. Uh, if you're in the area, if you're in downtown Nashville, Middle Tennessee, swing by and watch all the games with us. We're going to be here all day here at 6th and Peabody. Chad. Your take, no, your thought Yeah. on the Lady yeah, what Vols. What is that? statement. Not, statement. It was like, it's not a take. It's a statement. It's really cool. 314 matchup in the women's tournament and local interest in our Tennessee Power Hour to close it out. Rick Ensel, MTSU, as a 14, taking on the Lady Vols on Sunday as a three seed. Rick Ensel was the AAU coach of Kelly Harper growing up, right? uh, who he's going to go face, head to head with. Rick Ensel said... Of all of the Pat Summit players that he thinks Kelly Harper is most like Pat Summit from a personality standpoint. So that gets Lady Vols fans excited. Yeah. But I'm excited to watch that game. I, it's cool when you get in the NCAA tournament and the committee can get clever with giving you local tie-ins. But MTSU, Lady Vols in the first round, it's pretty cool. I should know this. Where's an MTSU where grad? Where are they? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. All right, they're end of statement. They're in a they basketball will, gym. They're they going to play it on, in a gym. Uh, it's not going to be outdoors. It's going to be inside in a gym somewhere. They will be on ABC. That's where I know they'll be playing. Oh, okay. wow. That's big time. Yeah. yeah. And they're not a 14 seed, but the, the MTSU is always ranked low right. for whatever reason. Just within the nature of the it, I think the highest was an 11. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm we interested. Look to uh, Rick Ensel can um, coach. If I may. Yes. You may. So all season, Jerry Stackhouse has been wanting support and respect. Look no further, Jerry, than Jawan Howard at Michigan. That's how you come out of the NBA and coach a college basketball team. That's how you earn respect of the local media and expectations met, is by going out and producing as a coach instead of pointing to results as a player in the NBA. I, I, I got tired of this throughout the entire season. Uh, pointing to disrespect with the Vanderbilt program. Do something that Jawan Howard's doing up in Michigan, and then assess the assistant coaches, uh, coaches around you the way Jawan Howard did. He's got some 
some coaching depth and some prowess on that bench with them. Former head coaches. Sure. And it's paying off for them right now. Hell, there's, there are miles and miles, Mr. Stackhouse, between Jawan Howard and you. And Vanderbilt community and, and national respect would come if you got in the damn tournament. Hell, uh, get, get in the SEC tournament beyond the, the, the first game. Uh, uh, you don't have to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, though that would be nice. This idea, though, that there's some media bias. Win. Yeah, right. Win there's some no, conference there's games. There's no media well, you bias. You had the record. You had their record yeah, for these first two seasons. He's, uh, you know, if you combine the two worst seasons of Bryce Drew, and that includes a winless SEC record that got him fired. By the way, Bryce Drew in this NCAA tournament with Grand Canyon. If you combine those two years, it, it's the same as Jerry Stackhouse's first two years. And he didn't have a winless season, but not really much improvement in year two for Jerry Stackhouse. People asking the question, what does he need to do in year three? I think top half of the SEC. I think finish, you know, be a top seven seed in the NCAA or the SEC tournament, uh, have a chance at the NCAA tournament. That's what I'd like to see in year three from Jerry Stackhouse. I don't see this team getting there uh, unless they bring in some transfers or something happens with the roster. But I don't know that I've seen a coach that speaks in a way and thinks more highly of himself to have done as little as he has in college coaching than Jerry Stackhouse in that interview with Joe Rexrode for The Athletic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he talked, I don't know why anyone would question me. I mean, I've played for the greatest coaches in the world and I played at a high level in the NBA. Dude, you haven't done anything in college basketball. Nothing. As a, you, as won a a, you won a G League title. That's why people question you because the team's not any good. So if it turns into year three and it's the same results, you're going to be out of a job. And back to Grand Canyon for a minute. Dan Marley built something good there. Finally had one bad season. Dan the man. And it kicked him out. Bryce Drew inherited a pretty good situation. Dan Marley, one of my five all-time favorite greatest athletes. Uh, and that's saying something because he played in the NBA, which I hate. <laughs> Guys, and not on the Knicks. We, uh, I did not have week. a great Dan Marley story. We'll, we'll share at some point on this show where we, we met Dan Marley in Phoenix. Yeah, the night before I got there, or the with one the new night setup. The night before I had a stomach virus, also. Yeah. it was actually that, that we'll later also that compare night. Stomach virus, his, his yeah. in Phoenix and mine in Minneapolis. Dan Marley poisoned me <laughs> via food at his restaurant. I'll tell you the story next week. Well, with the new setup, we maybe we'll take the show on the road and go to Marley's. That's right. We, we can do that now. Thunder Dan, if you're watching via the internet, we'll we'll be in your place soon. Thank Florida you. Florida and Virginia Tech will tip off the first round of the tournament uh, coming up at 11:15 Central, 12:15 Eastern. We're going to be here all day. Uh, we're at least staying through the Tennessee matchup as they take on Oregon State. That, that tip-off is at 3.30 Central Time. So we'll be here all day here at Yeehaw, Old Smoky, and at 6th and Peabody. Just plug it in. Come join us here with OutKick and the VIP party. Clay Travis is here. The whole crew is here with, with OutKick. Uh, guys, thank you. Thank you for the great first week. Uh, Give Lance yourselves Lee, a round of applause. Jacob Seriously. Swanson, David Lance Reed, Jacob, David, David Reed, the chairman of the board, making the show happen for us, and, and everyone behind the scenes, and to the season ticket holders, to the VIPs that tuned in this week. We are back at it on Monday, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, right here on the Outkick OTT Network. I finish with a message. Do not block the box. Duke, thanks for the bobbleheads. Cheers. <laughs>